Hello, and welcome to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason, and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast where we're learning both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking so that we can prepare for interviews and ultimately success as investment bankers. And look, I'm going through this journey with you. I'm an incoming MBA student, and we're going through a lot of the technicals right now. We've been going through accounting, and then we just pivoted a little bit. Now we're going through enterprise value, and we talked about what enterprise value actually means and what does that mean versus equity value, and we went ahead and defined that in the last episode. Now we're going to look at the actual formula for enterprise value. What is it? Well, here it is. Enterprise value equals equity value plus debt plus preferred stock plus non-controlling interest minus cash. I'm going to go over that one more time. Enterprise value equals equity value plus debt plus preferred stock plus non-controlling interest minus cash. And we're going to break down, instead of just memorizing that formula, of course you need to memorize it, right? But we're going to break down the actual components of that equation to make sure you understand what they mean. So first of all, remember, what is enterprise value? Enterprise value is the overall value of the corporation to a buyer. So we're talking about not just the equity, but everything. And this equation accounts for all those things. Now, we mentioned just equity and debt in the last episode as the main components, but there are also other components we need to account for. So equity value, as a reminder, that's all of the business's common stock. So that's the ownership component of the formula. And then debt, these are the loans that are outstanding to creditors. We covered these two sections last time. Let's talk about the other three items which we really should should really hone in on. So preferred stock. Let's talk about preferred stock. We're going to add this to the equation in order to get equity or enterprise value rather. What is it? Well, preferred stock is a financing instrument that isn't quite like normal stock, but it isn't quite like normal debt either. It's somewhere in between. It's technically a type of stock that acts more like a bond, which is debt. It acts more like a bond than common stock. And the thing about preferred stock is preferred stockholders get a fixed dividend, which is kind of like an interest payment, and they get priority over the common stockholders. And when I say they get priority over the common stockholders, I mean in terms of cash flows. And that's important in the case of bankruptcy. So if a company is about to go bankrupt, who's it going to pay first? It's going to pay its bondholders first. Then it's going to pay its preferred stockholders. And then if there's any cash left over as a result of the bankruptcy proceedings, it'll go to the common stockholders. But common stockholders are last in line in terms of seniority. So that's a key difference there. But preferred shares do not get voting rights like common stock does. So voting rights, if you own enough common stock, you get to vote on things like who's going to be in the board of directors and basically who's running the company. You have a say in that. Whereas with preferred stock, you don't get voting rights. You get this fixed dividend payments. So it's kind of like debt, but it's really uh, just a type of stock. So that's preferred stock. Then next in the calculation is adding something called non-controlling interest. We're going to skip that for now and come back to it in a minute. And then the last component is subtracting cash. 
Now, this is the only part of the enterprise value equation that we're subtracting. And it's kind of interesting. Why would we be taking cash out of the equation to get enterprise value? Because isn't enterprise value part of, doesn't it contain cash? Like, doesn't a business have cash and you need to account for that? Well, well, sort of. <laughs> we need to think about this a little bit. But first of all, we know that cash as an asset in general, this is just liquid money available to the company, right? It's pretty self-explanatory. Now, this does not necessarily mean all of the cash on the company's books should be subtracted. Some of the cash might be needed to help keep the business running. So it's better to think of this part of the equation as excess cash, which is really the money that the corporation has, but is just sitting there and not necessary for the company's day-to-day -day operations. And uh, in terms of that question, as far as like, why are we subtracting the cash? Think about this excess cash concept. If we have a boatload of cash on the balance sheet, but it's not really helping the business perform necessarily, then that's not really part of the enterprise value. It's just, it's an extra asset we, we get, but we can take that out. And I'll explain that in a slightly different way in a future episode. Now let's go to the non-controlling interest portion of this formula, which for me was the most confusing. It's something I hadn't really studied before. So remember, we're adding non-controlling interest in order to help calculate enterprise value. You'll, you'll hear this referred to as NCI, non-controlling interest. This is the portion of a company that other parties own that is less than 50% ownership. So for example, let's say a company like AT&T owns a subsidiary that's a joint venture with some other company. And that other company owns 30% of the subsidiary, uh, but AT&T owns 70%. So we have to add in the amount of money from the 30% that's owned by the other firm. And the reason that is, is it's legally required for a company to report the performance of the entire subsidiary because it owns over 50% of it, even if it doesn't own all of it. <laughs> Does that make sense? So if it owns some smaller company partially, that has a majority stake in the company, we can't just say, well, it owns 70% of it. We're only going to report 70% of the business's income. Well, no, it has to report all of it because it has control of that business. So the non-controlling interest, which is the minority interest, gets accounted for in the overall calculation. So adding NCI to the overall value of AT&T in this case is necessary in order to determine the true enterprise value. So those are all the components. Enterprise value equals equity value plus debt, plus preferred stock, plus non-controlling interest, minus cash. All right, next we're gonna be talking about share dilution. But for now, this has been Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason, and I'm your host. I'll see you next time.